Welcome to Simon Says Inspire, a podcast about life, leadership, and building legacies. I'm John Simon Sr. And I'm Dina Simon. And our guest today is Tamara Prado. Tamara is a business growth advisor. Tamara, welcome to the podcast. So lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Tamara, why don't you take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and a little bit about what you're doing these days. Sure. So let's see. I've lived in the Northeast Metro for the last 23 years with my family. So husband Bill of 20, almost 26 years. And we have two adult children and are back to full nesting for a little bit and have two rescue pups. And so we enjoy being outside, getting out and about, doing, going to love live music. That's one of the things that my husband and I love to do together. I know Rich and Dina went to one the other night over at Surly Brewing, and I think if I'm not mistaken, it was like the middle of the week, and they sent me a picture, and I couldn't believe the crowd that was there. Yeah, it was a Monday night, and it was it was just packed. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah. And I love the, what did you call it, the full nester again? Yes. I'm not empty nesting at the moment. I'm full nesting <laughs> and reacclimating to what that, what all that joy that brings. So basically the house has shrunk. Yes. <laughs> the house has shrunk. We were up in Minnesota recently for the state fair and it's amazing when Mandy left on, on the Monday and Dina was saying how much different the house is when it's just her and Rich and that one person just makes a huge difference in the house. It does. It, it does. does. Especially when they're when they're that age and they have a lot of stuff. Lots of stuff. Yes. Uh, different schedules, different eating habits. Yes. So since we're talking about your family, let's talk about, so you and Bill and you talked about you love to go out and have hear music and stuff, but talk about your fantastic children and why they've returned home. Oh, well, one hasn't left. So there's that. Uh, we like to refer to him very lovingly, of course, as our unpaid renter. Yes. And that is our son, Will. <laughs> he just turned 24. He's in the tech space. Uh, so does uh, IT work, cybersecurity type work for a small business. Nice. Uh, and so he has been with us as he's building his nest egg. Yeah so that he can make some good choices and decisions in terms of where he's going to choose to live next and vehicles and all of those fun things. Yes. And he is just, he is a piece of work and is always keeps me on my toes. <laughs> he's hes great. And then our daughter, Lizzie, just moved back. She recently graduated from the University of Minnesota with a nursing degree. And so she is now working full-time as a nurse at the U. And so her schedule is, let's just say, quite varied. And so she may be coming home at midnight. She may be leaving at midnight. Hard to say. That's where our acclimation and operation dog barking and all of those things all come into play. Someone once told me that your kids are not gone until all of their stuff is gone. Yeah, well, they're clearly not gone. <laughs> A friend of ours in town who we have to have on the show sometime, but Mary Kay, who runs a company called Bus Stop Mamas, she posted the other day. So when she talks about mamas, she talks about, you know, are you early stage mama, like having car seat in the car or possibly middle school or high school or beyond? So, you know, just barely beyond. And I messaged, I put a message out there saying, you know, that there is that whole thing about mamas having college kids. College kids that then come back. Yeah. 
So why don't you tell us what you're up to as a business growth strategist? Talk to us about the clients that you work with and what you do. Absolutely. So my focus is helping small to mid-sized business owners get clarity uh, in a couple of different ways. So number one, through kind of operating system type work, getting really clear on their vision, what are their priorities? What does that look like? Do they have the right team around them? Does everyone know who's accountable for what? Uh, So that's some of the work. And then I do work with owners directly. So that's with more of the teams. And then I work with the business owners directly in terms of helping them define and execute on an exit strategy. And to me, that is, it's a growth strategy, right? So how do we make your business as valuable as we can within the allotted time to make it valuable to an outsider? Doesn't matter what you think it's worth. It matters what somebody outside thinks it's worth. Yeah. And you're certified what the CEPA, what what does the acronym mean? Yeah. So that the CEPA is a certified exit planning advisor. And so that is a designation and a training through the Exit Planning Institute. Nice. Yeah. And what I I love about that is I was telling Tamara when I was working with franchisees that were coming together as business partners, we always said, that's great. You want to come into business together, but you have to talk right now about what's your exit plan as well, because otherwise it gets muddy and murky along the way. So I love that that's something that you're bringing to business owners. Are you predominantly dealing with entrepreneurs? Yeah. I mean, these are all obviously, you know, smaller, privately held type organizations. Many of them founded those organizations or have taken it over uh, within their family. And so just trying to get crystal clear and make sure that if and when it's time to exit and or transition, whatever that looks like, that it's on your terms, right, as the business owner. You know, one of the things that uh, has always inspired me are entrepreneurs because they risk everything. And there's a world of difference between signing the front of a check and the back of a check. And all through my life, all through my life, I signed the back of a check. And when your name is on the front of the check, it gives you a whole different perspective. Yeah, there's so, I mean, there's just so many different things coming at them all of the time, right? From all of the little details within the business. And then again, taking the time and the effort to step aside and look above and are we going in the right direction? We all know where we're going. Am I prepared? You know, should something change, right, within the business structure? So it's just, it's so important that entrepreneurs have good counsel outside of folks that are there really for their greatest interests and to, to help them prioritize some of these things. Yeah. And share with us a little bit about your career leading up to what you're doing right now. Oh, goodness. Well, started mostly on the sales and marketing side of the world. And mostly, I'd say, gosh, I bet 90% of my time has been in media, mostly print media. So I've worked for both daily newspapers in a sales capacity. I have also worked at the Business Journal, did some time at Twin Cities Public Television, which I absolutely loved. Lots of fantastic people there. Love the mission of that organization. And then came in and had a chance at a small local publishing company here in the Twin Cities to really test my own entrepreneurial spirit. Had a lot of leeway to try new things, create new products. And so that was great. And and with that, I, gosh, Minnesota Business Magazine, Minnesota Bride, Wisconsin, Arizona Bride. I mean, the list goes on. And then uh, 10 community magazines as well. 
um, by the time that I left. And so it, it was a fantastic opportunity to really be a part of the local community, both business community, as well as telling the great stories about all the organizations that sometimes didn't get that publicity. John, that's how Tamara and I originally met is Darren said that Tamara and I needed to know each other. So we met and through the Minnesota Business Mag, we connected. They supported Simon Says Give with some stuff. I emceed the 100 best places to work. The Power 50 that we talked with Kathy Paper on that she was a Power 50 was Darren a Power 50 as well. I was a Power 50 as well. So there's some synergy there. Thank you, Tamara Prado. You're welcome. I'm the one non-Power 50, so yes, you're, you're all so welcome. Yeah, thank you. Well, you, create, you <laughs> yeah. created that opportunity I for did. us and many others, yeah. so we appreciate that. But all that amazing experience that you now also bring to the table, and you were at the James J. Hill, and I mean, you have this amazing business background to now take with you to those that you are working with out in the business community. Yeah, it's been a great right experience of seeing from all different levels, right? Being in some bigger organizations, realizing that's not my my happy place. Uh, learned a lot, but I'm much better and more adept at being in small to mid-sized business. And when I think about the opportunities, right? Launching new products, deciding where are we going to do that? Overseeing editorial and art direction. This is something I hadn't done before, right? So stretching and and learning new things and just really getting immersed in the local community was was such a, a great opportunity for me to see all these different things, right? From the financial piece, from real estate, from just the HR. And, and so I feel like that experience and then running the Hill Library, Hill Center in downtown St. Paul, right? Gave me that overarching experience, right? Um, having to make those tough decisions right? As a business leader, sometimes you have to make and that you don't want to, but like sometimes you you got to think about what truly is the greater good and put your ego aside and make some of those choices. Well said. You know, it has to be rewarding for you, Tamara, to, to see the progress that companies or individuals make after you have spent some time with them and, and you see that the uh, what you've worked with them on you know, they it, it came to the top and, and they said, wow, this really helped us become a better organization, a better people. And that really has to be rewarding for you. It is. It's, it's great to see leaders grow and leadership teams grow and their ability to truly trust each other and have that open, honest dialogue, get in a room together. Maybe they're not agreeing, but when they leave the room, they're all on the same page. And no one's going to, you know, complain about, I can't believe what sales just did to us, blah, blah, right? It's, nope, we're we're united front as a leadership team, and we're going to go out and then have that cascade through an organization. It's always really gratifying to see that happen. And when I think about the teams that I've led, seeing and continuing to help those folks grow and get to places that I know that they can get to, right? So helping support them in terms of where they go next and keeping them connected and top of mind. As I was reading your bio a little bit, it did it reminded me a little bit about the discussion we had with uh, Greg Jackson a couple of weeks ago, one of my friends who's an entrepreneur. And one of the phrases or sayings he has, if you can measure something, you can improve something. <laughs> and Correct. he says, you, you never stop measuring anything because the more you measure it, the more you're going to improve it. And, and you said that in yours, you, you know, make your progress against meaningful metrics. 
And, you know, and and that really is important whenever people do that. Yeah. Just honing in on that handful, right? Not having 28, 30 things that you're trying to track and always be measuring. But what are the key items that truly tell you if your business is on track? whether that's personally, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's personal or, or in business, right? What are the things that help you know, gosh, I'm on track and keeping an eye on those things. And so, right, so you, you have your goals, we're striving for those, but these are what our priorities are. You can measure how if you made it there, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so those are the kinds of things that we wanna wanna talk about. But yeah, the, the measuring in the metrics is so important. And then, you know, through the measurement comes great improvement. Correct. Yeah, it's it's fun with companies that a specific organization I've been working with for over two years now, seeing where they started and where they're at today. When they give themselves scores about how they're performing on team and communication, that you know they've improved on a scale of you know zero to one hundred, they've gone from low sixties to mid eighties in just two years. Yeah. Nice, and that's not one person's view, right? That is the whole leadership team's aggregate oh, yeah. score. Because I think that also is important, uh, is that it is the voice of, of the team, not just maybe the owner. So yeah, it's really gratifying to see and exciting to see. And once people have a buy-in on it, it becomes a competitive thing within the company or the organization because they'll sit there and say, well, this department has done this. We need to step it up a little bit in order to have the same type of results. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about your life and we've talked a little bit about leadership. Anything else on leadership as far as, you know, what good leadership means to you and what you've either seen or witnessed or believe? Yeah, for me, you know, when I think back to the, again, the teams that I've worked with, it's really been a lot of open, honest communication, right? Just tell me where you want to go and we can make a plan to get you there but please just don't leave me hanging, right? Like no. I'll help you get to that next step. Like I'll do whatever I can if that's where you want to go, but let's be open and talk about that. And and so for those folks that have been able to do that, I mean, it's been huge for them and their trajectory to be able to do that. And, you know, there's always the whole idea too of getting the band back together mm-hmm. and have several folks that have done some amazing work with over the years that there's always like, whoa, what could we maybe do to bring this magic back together. So I think for me, it's right helping your team get to where they want to go, give clear direction, right? Let them know what their expectations are, but give them the autonomy to be able to, you brought them in here to do the job, let them do the, their work and help lift them up and support them however you can. And you, you have to give people the, the freedom to do that also. Right. Know that they have the autonomy, right, to make these decisions or do this kind of work and then actually give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. One of the thing Tamara does, because we've done it, we've talked through it together, but since we have young professionals out in the world, you know, working with our kids and other, their friends and all of that generation, but just what would you think of, you know, now that you're at where you're at today, what's some of that advice that you give to somebody who's in their early 20s, just starting out? Oh, goodness. Uh, Social media is forever. Yeah. Number one, it does exist for a very long time. So just being mindful of what that is about. I think understanding what a true relationship is from a business perspective is that I was just had a call with someone earlier, just the difference, whether it's the go-giver movement that you think of or Adam Grant's give and take, 
right? Like a true relationship means that we are building and we're helping each other, not expecting anything in return, right? But that we're doing it for, for good reasons. And I think people actually picking up the telephone to talk to someone, I think is really helpful because too much can be read into the tweets and the text messages and all of the other things. And so I just think being a good communicator and don't burn bridges. This is a small town. It is a small town. With social media, it gets smaller every day. It does. And if and when you choose to exit or move on from things, making sure to do it in an appropriate way. Yeah, because it's not even just a small town. It's a small world. Like it's not just, you know, we're where you and I are here in the cities, but and John's down in Dallas, but it's a it's a small world how people are interconnected. Correct. One of the things that that I found out, and I've been retired for over 20 years now, but I still have clients that I had 20 years ago that I'm still friends with today. In fact, we're going to have one of them on the podcast in a couple of weeks. And we met in 1986 and we both retired now, but we still keep in touch with each other. So, you know, through the business, you can make some lifelong friends also. Absolutely. we I think we were figuring out, Dina and I, probably it's been about 10 years uh, that we've known each other and we've been in multiple places doing all kinds of different things right but we we continue to come together and support each other in the different types of uh, endeavors that we're we're pursuing yes exactly and John you were kind of smiling at the social media and the Twitter and all that kind of stuff so again you've you've got grandkids at the age that we're talking about what are some of your thoughts on the whole social media craziness of uh, you didn't have that no we didn't have any of that and in fact the internet was just getting started and uh, I guess it's going to catch on and people are going to keep using it for a while (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know the one thing that I found that people will put things on an email or a text that they would never say to a person in person. And and I don't like that part about it. But when when it comes to me with the grandkids, I I always tell them, you know, I'll text you a little bit, but really I want to talk to you because I want to hear your voice because I can read a lot into uh, how they're doing just by the communications that we have, the the verbal communications or, or even Zooming or Skyping or being able to see their face and I kind of like that but you know when you take a look at what we have today with everything people working at home now as opposed to going into the office and instead of traveling you're doing zoom meetings it's just a new paradigm yeah you better get used to it if you don't like it yeah you're going to get passed by yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Tamara, I was with somebody at lunch today who has a 15 year old and we talked about the social media and just the advice that we, you and I both have given our our daughters and um, young friends that we work with and coach with to say, whatever you put out there, it's out there. Just remember that. And uh, hiring managers and HR and recruiters, they still immediately go to John, you know, looked you up, Tamara, on Google to do some research. People, <laughs> mm-hmm. people go out there and check sites out and it's just, it's out there. It is. It yes. is. I remember when I was hiring someone at Twin Cities Public Television, just happened. I'm like, you know, I'm, what, I'm just going to check Facebook. And they had something posted that was highly inappropriate. And I, I'm like, that, I can't have one of Twin Cities Public Television's, you know, supporters going to, you know, looking this yeah. person up and seeing that. Like, that, right. was, that so did not match with the right. brand. Right. Didn't matter what kind of experience they had. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it just a total disconnect with the brand and, and the what I would want anyone, yeah, seeing, yeah. for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. So in building legacies, so remember legacy is not something you just leave behind. It's something that you're living out now. What are some of your thoughts around the legacy that you're building? Oh, goodness. Well, I think part of it is like you've talked about a little bit, helping younger individuals, coaching up and comers, I think is really important and and helping them get where they want to get to, help them find some tools, resources, whatever that that looks like. So I think that is part of it, you know, for Bill and I, in terms of things that we give and, you know, uh, support, we're big public media supporters, so both radio and television. So that is something that we continue to invest in and donate to. And, you know, we are rescue pup fanatics and so i can't have more than two at a time i've been told so we have our (laughs) we have our limit as of where we're at but i could see us getting another rescue pup at some point and then from a business perspective i think it's training good people to be good human beings like i've always said for my kids like i just want to try to make you a good human that can take care of yourself right financially at some point in the future but like helping people understand that I do believe in karma and it will come back. Amen. I believe it. I believe in karma as well. Yes. Yes. One of the things that's pretty much a shame anymore. Uh, I know when I went to school, they taught you a lot of basic type stuff. And today they don't teach some of the things that we learned whenever I was younger. And a lot of it was, you know, be nice to people and treat someone the way you want to be treated. And Today, it just seems to be uh, a lot more pressure on the young, the younger kids in school. They should come across different than they come across, I guess, is a better way to put it. And, you know, to come across in a, in a good, sweet, you know, loving way. And sometimes that doesn't happen today. No. No. And I think social media has, has certainly had an impact on that when I think about middle school and high school girls mm-hmm. are terrible. Yep, can be yeah. terrible, you know, in terms of, again, and some of it isn't always even true, right? And so I, I just think it's right. trying to help instill the idea of do the right thing, right? right. Just do the right thing. I was I was kind of shocked this morning. I was working out and I was watching the Today Show and they were talking about how much time the children, and, and when they talk about children, they're talking about under 18 years old and high school, middle school, how much time they spend on their phones every day. And even the the hours between 10 o'clock and four and five in the morning, how they have their phones on and all of all a sudden the they hear a ding and they feel compelled to answer it. And and a lot of it's companies, you know, they, they all the hits that they want to get on it. And, and it's really something that I think that parents have to hopefully control a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it is a tough, tough scenario yeah it's i mean i remember back in the day when i had a pager right and so it's on your body and it rings but now we have them on our watches and we certainly can turn it off but there's there's just we we can always be on and so that ability to rest and and refresh is um far and few between so tamra from a business perspective what's your sweet spot as far as clients is there a sweet spot of clients that you would look to work with yeah, the the most important thing for me is growth oriented, right? Yeah. That they truly want to grow their business, that they want to take it to the next level. Size wise, I don't know, one million to probably up to fifteen million is probably my personal sweet spot. That's where I prefer to stay. Sure. Um, because that's when things are just, you know, they're they're growing. 
we're putting yeah. in processes, we're thinking about, right, what is the true right structure to get us where, what your ultimate goal is. And so I would say that right now I'm industry agnostic. I mean, I yeah. work with I have nonprofits, I have people in recycling, I've worked with publishers, I've worked with, you know, agricultural businesses. So yeah, it's law firms, other professional services. So for me, it's more the mindset of the leader and the leadership team yeah. that they truly want to, to build something great. Yep. Yeah. 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 And at that point, that's where they're going through a lot of growth spurts also within the within the companies. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's it is. It's that idea of you know, they have to the owner or the business leader has to be willing to hear uh -huh. their team and has to be open to say it, it, it's my way or the highway type of a leadership style doesn't ter work terribly well. Nope, it doesn't. We don't last very long together. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and also, so what you said, like the company has to have all those things, be open to having somebody outside helping to facilitate because there's so much value in that. So them understanding that. And I had somebody ask me just, just today even on, you know, who's my ideal coaching client? And I said one that is open to coaching, like they want to yes. grow and open to that partnership because so often they just, they say they want it, but they don't really want it at the end of the day. And it's like, if you're not going to put the work in, then you're not an ideal client for me or for any, or for you or for anybody else. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's got to work, work for both sides. Right. Yeah. And I think if you can truly hear and listen and, you know, reflect, doesn't mean we have to agree on everything, but right. But can we reflect on it? And then, all right, what's our path forward? What are we going to do? But that mutual respect right is is for me is also really important like i'm here i'm truly here on your behalf trying to help you get where you said you want to go mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm truly trying to help you and ask questions that maybe will challenge you to think about something maybe a little differently but i'm not going to tell you what to do <laughs> right you hit the nail on the head right there not only uh, listening to what you say but hearing it also and then doing something and then doing something about it I am not a consultant. I am an advisor. I am a coach. I am your sounding board. I am all of those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, if your goal is to do X, then my I will help you get there by offering ideas and suggestions. But I'm not going to come in and and you know be like, oh, fire them, do this, right? right. That's that's not what I'm there to do. I'm I'm really there to help these people grow as leaders, as business owners, and help them get what they really want out of their business. Nice. But it's work. Years ago, when they, people would bring a consultant in, all of a sudden, everybody gets defensive. Because now here's somebody coming into my business, telling me how to do my business, and they know nothing about my business. Right. And I, I can't tell you how many times that happened at organizations I've been at in the past. And my whole point to some of the leaders was, why are we bringing another person in to tell us all of the things that are wrong? Because guess what? We're not going to change any of them. So why are we going through this process if we're not going to actually either implement or learn from it? Right. And so I think there's there is that fine line between looking for help and being told what to do versus, OK, how do we fix this? How do we work on this together? Right. In wrapping up, Tamara, is there anything else that you wanted to cover on the podcast? Well, goodness, 
I would love to cover that. I am just thankful and very blessed to have you in my life, Ms. Dina Simon uh, and Mr. John Simon. Such a pleasure to meet you, but it just has been a total joy over the last 10 years of friendship and Mm -hmm. business partnership and shenanigans and all of the great things. Um, You know, you're a great, you're just a great inspiration, all the things that you do. Wow. Well, thank you very much. And I love partnering with you. And we've got some, we've partnered in business in the past and some hopeful future things that we're going to partner with on. So love that friendship and business relationship and how it can ebb and flow based on what's happening in our, in our businesses and love you to death. And thank you. And just the impact. I mean, you've done so much, not just for this Minnesota community, because you have clients outside of here, but with the work that you've done here within the media, with in uh, the James J. Hill. I mean, you've just given so much back to the business community and huge accolades to you because of all of that. So just appreciate that I was uh, along the ride for some of that and, and just know the impact that you've made in the community. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. And, and you know what I find that after the podcast we've done, the Minnesota Nice has come out with everyone that we've talked to. Yes. So typically when we say Minnesota nice, it's that negative connotation that we talk about it because there is this passive aggressiveness. And so that's why, John, also, I think we've kind of joked about it on the podcast. But what Mm -hmm. you have seen is because you've gotten to meet some of my amazing network here in Minnesota is we do then selectively find who is that circle that we can hang with, we can trust, trusted advisors. If I'm about to go do something and Tamara's like, I don't think you should go do that. We have that trust in each other that we can be brutally honest to say, hey, did you also think about this? And we need those people in our lives. So love that we have that. Yes. Well, yeah, and you're all willing to share your ideas with each other. You know, there's nothing that you're going to hold back. You know, you're going to tell them exactly what you think. And, and that's what may, that's what's important about the relationship you have with that group of people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. we do cross over, right? Some of the work we do within certain areas. But for me, it's who's going to be the best person to help that leader or that team mm-hmm. get where they need mm-hmm. to get to. Not everybody wants to spend eight hours a day with me. Right. I mean, I am a peach, but right, like there are others that maybe I'm not the best person for them for for a variety of reasons. And so, you know, for me, it's how do we get them to the right person? So we're not competing. Right. right? Even though we might be doing some of the same work. But Dina may be Mm -hmm. much more suited for that client or for for that need or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time to be on our podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad that John got to know you better and that our podcast listeners get to know more about you. And we'll share all the contact information, all that kind of stuff, so people know how to do business with you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And John, I hope next time you're in town, see you in person. I want to thank my friend Tamara Prado once again for joining in on the podcast. She is an amazing human. She's an amazing friend. 
mom, wife, business leader. I know many people that I've worked with and for her in the past that rave about what an amazing leader she was to them when they had the opportunity to work with her. And now she's out advising businesses in a lot of different things that are all surrounding around being good leaders, good business owners, and how to reach the goals that you want to reach. And we'll make sure in the show notes, you know how to get in touch with her. And as always, I thank my father-in-law, John Simon, for being my co-host. And until we talk again.